Hello and welcome to the podcast. So today we are going to look at Brendan Kennelly and his poem Begin. So we're going to start first by reading through the poem, then we're going to break it down and take it kind of a couple of lines at a time, try and put some sense and meaning on the poem. Then we're going to discuss uh, themes and imagery and form. And we'll also take a look at the language in the poem. Before we start, or begin, uh, we're just going to talk about the poem. So, Begin is from Kennelly's poetry collection, Good Souls to Survive, published in 1968. It has cinematic quality, as if a camera captures the morning routine the speaker describes. The poem reflects the sentiment described in this extract from an interview Kennelly gave to the independent newspaper in 2012. I like that old Kerry saying, once you get up in the morning and stick your your old leg out, you should be grateful. Uh, So that's what he said in the paper. Um, Yeah, just... Coincidentally, Kerry men and women are very proud of where they come from. Um, Like everybody, I suppose, but Kerry people in particular are quite proud and a wee bit smug about being from Kerry. And they can be a bit hard to stomach sometimes. Um, But that's besides the point Uh, so right we're just going to read through the poem and uh, we'll we'll analyse it afterwards begin again to the summoning birds to the sight of the light at the window begin to the roar of morning traffic all along Pembroke Road every beginning is a promise born in light and dying in dark Determination and exaltation of springtime, flowering the way to work. Begin to the pageant of queuing girls, the arrogant loneliness of swans in the canal. Bridges linking the past and the future, old friends passing, though with us still. Begin to the loneliness that cannot end, since it perhaps is what makes us begin. Begin to wonder at unknown faces at crying birds in the sudden rain, at branches stark in the willing and sunlight, at seagulls foraging for bread, at couples sharing a sunny secret, alone together while making good. Though we live in a world that dreams of ending, that always seems about to give in, something that will not acknowledge conclusion insists that we forever begin. So, Lines one to four we're looking at here first. The opening words urge us to begin a fresh day, to start anew. Morning awaits and is worth rising for. There may be a suggestion that the poem's intended reader is finding it hard to go on and needs encouragement. Would you agree with this? Begin again suggests a new start. A fresh chance to change and appreciate the sights and sounds of our daily routine. The birds call us into the world again, summoning and beckoning us to the sight of the light at the window. The poem is placed firmly in urban Dublin with the roar of morning traffic all along the Pembroke Road. 
Already our senses are engaged. We see the birds and the light and we hear the traffic. Lines 5 to 8. Kennelly tells us that each morning is a promise that may not be kept. Born in light and dying in dark. It is spring, a time of new beginnings, fresh starts, the birth of things and brighter days. This energy is captured in the lines, determination and exaltation of springtime, flowering the way to work. We are committed to this new beginning and the celebratory feeling springtime brings adds to this. The almost cartoon-like image of flowers popping up at our feet as we walk to work is so cheerful and positive that it cannot help but raise a smile and perhaps disguise a little the darkness that lies at the edges of the poem. Lines 9 to 12. We pass girls queuing, perhaps at a bus stop or a coffee shop. They are a pageant, beautiful and on show perhaps, or are they there to be judged? The swans in the canal are arrogantly lonely. This is a strange description. Are they masking their loneliness? Or are they actually proud of their singlehood? Either way, they are a common sight on the canals of Dublin and help to set the scene. The canal bridges link to the image of the swans, but also are a metaphor for our own links with friends. Perhaps gone but not forgotten, they are with us in spirit while there are future friends waiting for us too. Bridges linking the past and future, old friends passing, though with us still. Lines 13 to 20. The second half of the poem is less positive and more tentative. Begin to the loneliness that cannot end. Kennelly turns this into something positive by saying it is loneliness that makes us go out into the world to explore it. To notice things such as the faces of strangers, the plaintive sound of birds crying at a sudden shower or hunting for scraps of food, branches still bare in the sun that wills leaves to shoot from them, lovers sharing confidences, people alone together while making good. They are making the most of what they have, seeing the beauty in ordinary things. We can see very clearly in this poem the influences that the Irish poet Patrick Kavanagh had on Kennelly. Kavanagh also wrote of Dublin's Grand Canal as a place of rebirth and hope, redemption and love, and was a poet who celebrated the fact that ordinary things have an extraordinary nature if we just open our eyes to them. Kavanagh also used light, bridges and swans as central images. Why does Kelly use why does Kennelly use birds in his imagery so often? Look at fragments for a comparison. Don't worry about that. You haven't studied fragments yet. Lines twenty one to twenty four. What do you make of the poet's reference to a world that dreams of ending? Is this reference to natural forces such as death, night and winter? Bear in mind that the poem was written at a time when the threat of nuclear holocaust was real and ever-present. Perhaps this self-destructive aspect of human nature is what the poet refers to. Nonetheless, he asserts there is something in the human spirit that keeps us trying again, 
something that rejects ending, however inevitable they may be, something that insists we begin again, something that will not acknowledge conclusion. Using begin as the first and last word brings the poem full circle and adds a sense of urgency to the speaker's command. So we're just going to discuss the themes and the imagery now within the poem. So a sense of place and time underpins this poem. It is morning in the city by the canal and the bustle of morning abounds. It is up to the reader to decide whether this is a positive, optimistic meditation on the indomitable nature of the human spirit or a hollow-sounding, half-hearted attempt to tell us to go on in the face of the inevitability of death and change. The repetition of begin again, begin to, begin to and forever begin, and the fact that this is the title of the poem creates a mantra, a chant we can repeat to calm ourselves and infuse our day with positivity. The poet uses personification to add life and energy to his imagery. The traffic roars. Days are born and die. The swans are arrogant. Birds cry. The sunlight wills branches to bloom and the world dreams of ending. Everything is infused with extra life and purpose here. Birds are mentioned four times in the poem and are obviously an important motif for the poet. In the first line, they are summoning us to begin the day. The swans appear in line 10, seemingly haughty and proud of their single status. In line 16, the birds cry at the shock of a sudden shower, and in line 18, seagulls search for food. The different attitudes and actions of the birds reflect the variety in the activities of the people in the city. In line 11, bridges are a metaphor for those we are bound up with in our relationships, linking the past and the future, those who have died and those we have yet to meet. Just a small note now on language. There are several sound effects that are used by Kennelly in this poem. In sounds are repeated. In the first line, begin, again, to the summon in birds, creating a kind of half rhyme that gives the poem an upbeat, lilting opening. There is lovely internal rhyme in line two, which is also quite bouncy and cheerful in tone, to the sight of the light at the window. Alliteration is used also, including dying in dark, determination, quite a sombre and serious effect compared to the more cheerful way to work. Sibilance is used in the lines loneliness of swans and couples sharing a sunny secret, but with quite different effects. The former seems plaintive while the latter is more upbeat. And just a small word on form. The structure is very straightforward. There are no stanzas to interrupt the flow and urgency of the poem. In the 24 lines, there are four sentences, the first three telling us to begin, and the last one stressing the inevitability that we will begin. It is inner nature. Something insists that we never, that we forever begin. Although the tone of the poem is mainly positive, there is a darker side to the poem too, 
and examining the opposites and contrasts in the poem will reveal this. For example, born in light and dying in dark. All of these elements lead us to the theme. Possible interpretations of this include the notion that no matter what the obstacles or conditions, living things on earth are programmed to keep going. It's what we do. The swans cope with their loneliness by seeming arrogant. Seagulls come inland to search for food. The sun encourages leafless branches into bud and we wonder at all these things. Despite our certainty that everything ends and death is inevitable, we keep going. Whether this is an optimistic or a fatalistic point of view is up to the reader. So, what I want you to do um, is I want you to go on to Teams and I want you to complete the four questions that are with the notes on the poem. Um, and there's also, so four of the questions are going to be based on the poem. And then the final question is just going to be, I just want to get some sort of insight into how you found the podcast and how you find this style of learning and also, you know, basically, is it something that we can use for the weeks ahead? Um, so I, I'll get you to make some kind of comment on that. Um, so that's all for today. Um, and talk to you soon.